Hi, I'm Gracie Sarkeesian, the Executive Director at the NYU Wasserman Center, and this is All in a Day's Work, the podcast we've created for you. The NYU network is expansive, and our alumni have an array of unique experiences. All in a Day's Work will bring you episodes featuring members of the NYU community doing interesting work and navigating the professional world. We're excited to share their stories with you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, this is Miriam Miller, your host for today's episode of All in a Day's Work. Lilian Alori is RevUp Voting Campaign Coordinator at the American Association of People with Disabilities and an NYU alumna. Lillian, we're so happy to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thank you. So I know you came to NYU to get your master's in public administration at Wagner. What drew you into this field? Yeah, so I was actually a business major in undergrad. And at at the same time as I was studying business, I was working for a student-run nonprofit. It was called Troy Camp at USC. And being a part of that group really introduced me to a whole new way of using the skills I was learning in the business school for for something that I really cared about and felt really connected to and and was very mission driven. And so towards the end of college, I um, really began to think about what I wanted to do post-college and ended up really shifting my focus from the, the business courses I'd been in to learn more about policy and about nonprofits and knew that I wanted to be in the policy space. I think, you know, for many of us, 2016 was a pretty jarring year and I really began to understand how much policy impacted every part of our lives. Um, and so that's really, you know, a, a, a piece of what brought me to the NYU Wagner School of Public Service. And after receiving your master's, you got started in your career at the American Association of People with Disabilities, also known as AAPD, as a consultant. So how did you come to work with them and what type of work did you start doing there? So it was actually an NYU program that made it possible for me to be at AAPD as I was looking at options for post-graduation, it was definitely a strange time because it was, you know, the spring of 2020 when the world had just changed pretty dramatically because of the pandemic. And as I was exploring different options, I knew that I wanted to work with a disability rights organization, but not having been super connected to that field before, you know, I was using job searches and, and really finding jobs that weren't the right fit, jobs that were for lawyers, things like that. And so that in combination with, you know, it was a, a pretty huge election year as well. NYU had started the Vote 2020 Fellowship. And so I ended up applying for that program and literally Google searched disability and voting and AAPD's Rev Up Voting campaign was, you know, one of the top results. And in that role as kind of a, a fellow for the summer with the Rev Up Voting campaign, I did a lot of work supporting our Get Out the Vote outreach in 2020. That's great. And I think a lot of times people don't necessarily always think about doing something like a fellowship. It's a little bit different from an internship. And so I think people sometimes don't know about what that can look like for them. 
So if you can talk a little bit more about what the process of applying for that was like, I think that would be great. So the application process was, I I would say it wasn't super involved. I had to think about, you know, what I wanted to do and, and, and how to express that in the application and, and just think about where I wanted to be placed as well, as far as where the fellowship would be. And so I was actually able to work with Professor John Gershman at Wagner, um, who I'd you know taken several classes from and spoken with many times before. And so when this program came up, I'm fairly certain he was actually the one that recommended this program. Um, and so I was able to work with him to think about, you know, if I if I wanted to find a fellowship that was specific to disability, where I might start searching and. And so it was actually fairly um, smooth to work with him to say, I found this place. And so I met with the RevUp leader at that point. I, I would say that, that that was pretty much the experience of applying for the program. And what do you feel like were some of your big takeaways in terms of what you were hoping to get out of a fellowship versus what you actually did? I would say that I went in with pretty much no expectations I didn't know what to expect, what it would be like. I hadn't really had the chance to work with a national advocacy organization before. And I had really only done a few internships related to disability. And so it was sort of a new field, a new experience. And it ended up being just a really impactful time I had an amazing kind of team to work with and was learning a lot. I was able to really get engaged with the planning and messaging around our get out the vote work, was able to work on a big like virtual event, which was both challenging and exciting. Um, It was just a really good opportunity to get really involved with the get out the vote campaign at the, at the national level. That's great. And I know you had mentioned specifically looking for something with disability rights and voting. How did you develop your interest in disability rights and inclusion? So my relationship with disability is is a long one. I have a younger brother with Down syndrome, and so disability has just always been a part of my family. You know, everything about our family was just a bit different um, than other families, as long as I can remember. I don't remember a time without my younger brother since he was born when I was quite young. So that kind of started my interest in kind of seeing the discrepancies between the opportunities and kind of what the world offered my younger brother versus the rest of us siblings. And then in college, I began experiencing both depression and anxiety. Um, I didn't get a diagnosis until last year. And so it was, you know, four to five years of dealing with my own disabilities of depression and anxiety and being able to be at APD, rev up, and and seeing kind of a different way of looking at the world has really been really helpful. You know, the last four or five years really changed my perspective on how the world operates and how our society operates. And AAPD and rev up have really given me a place to hopefully be a part of of creating a world that just operates differently, that isn't you know based and and centered on people that are able-bodied, but really does kind of account for the very important and valuable existence of people with disabilities that are roughly one in four American adults. 
Yeah, it's a huge number, obviously, of people who experience some type of disability. Um, and so I, I think it's wonderful that you've been able to get involved with them in the way that you have. Um, I know you also started as a consultant and now you're a campaign coordinator. So I'm interested in learning more about both your role within the organization and also how you were able to move up so quickly. Yeah, I I feel like that has a lot to do with the way that small small nonprofits work with a small team. I, I would say that, you know, actually before I became a fellow, the same day that I joined, two, uh, two full-time staff members joined. Before that, I think there was four full-time staff members of the organization. So the organization itself has experienced a lot of growth in the last couple of years. I want to say we have seven full-time staff members right now, including myself. And so when I was here as a fellow, there was just lots of opportunities to get involved and, you know, have a have a hand in different parts of the organization that were related to RevUp, whether it was doing some communications work or or whatever it took, you know, event planning, even video production for a little while. Um, and so after that summer, um, I was able to stay on afterwards. They hired me on a contract basis. Uh, I want to say it was August, like mid-August of 2020. So things were just getting really, you know, intense and, and heating up um, with the 2020 elections. And so it made sense. Um, and I'm really grateful that they chose to keep me on. We had <laughs> loads on our plate. And my supervisor actually moved on from the organization I was actually pretty well placed to fill the role at a time when hiring would have been really stressful and burdensome, I would say. It just made a lot of sense, you know, within the organization to figure out how we could best rearrange positions and just see what would work. And so since February of 20, or I want to say March of 20. 21, I've been the RevUp Voting Campaign Coordinator. And can you talk a little bit more about what the RevUp Voting Campaign does and specifically a little bit more about the work that you do for it? For sure. So RevUp is a national network of organizers, organizations, and generally disability advocates that are working in coalition to make sure that voters with disabilities are registered and ready to vote and that disabled voters have access to the voting process from start to finish. So we have about well, a little over 10 coalitions and then um, organizations that are partners in about 44 states. And so we do a lot of the behind the scenes work, we create toolkits, we produce messaging, we host trainings and webinars to build the capacity of the network and really serve as, you know, a convener of the network. You know, we provide, we started providing some small grants. Um, so we do a lot of the behind the scenes and support work so that all of the people that are directly working in their communities, working with people with disabilities, people with disabilities themselves, can have the tools that they need to be doing the work of Rev Up, building the power of the disability vote in their communities. And now, here's Wagner professor John Gershman with more information about the NYU Democracy Project. 
What is currently the Lead Democracy Fellowship Program began as the Vote 2020 Fellowship Program when we raised funds from the provost office and elsewhere to support students to do voter registration, voter education, and get out the vote work in the 2020 election cycle. And we funded 32 fellowships from June of 2020 through the special election in Georgia in early 2021. To date, we have now supported 63 fellowships in total for students to do pro-democracy work, including not only election-related work, but also work on redistricting, campaign finance reform, and combating voter suppression. Since this year is a midterm election, we're going to be focused primarily on voting, registration, education, and get-out-the-vote work. We're in the middle of recruiting our summer 2022 cohort. You can find more information about it by going to the website wagner.nyu.edu slash lead, L-E-A-D, dash democracy, dash project. Or you can write to Democracy Project, one word, at nyu.edu. We have the list of information sessions and the details about the fellowships. They're open to all students across NYU, including students who are graduating in May. We'd really like to thank, in particular, the continued support of the Provost's Office, a cross-cutting initiative on inequality, which has really been essential to the success of this program. And again, if you have any questions about getting involved in democracy-related work, fellowships or not, reach out to democracyproject at nyu.edu. Thanks very much. Now back to the interview. I think it's such important work that you're doing. I know also you started there in 2020, which is, of course, a big election year. How has the pandemic affected the kind of work that you do? That is a great question. So having started working with AAPD in 2020, everything that I've been doing has been pandemic affected. It really does continue to shape what we do because following 2020, when so many states decided to expand voting options so that voters could hopefully have a safe and and mostly or sometimes accessible way of voting during the pandemic, following that time, we've seen kind of the exact opposite movement of a lot of states making it much harder to vote, which impacts people with disabilities, people of color, and really multiply impacts disabled people of color. And so, you know, it's really played a big part in the kind of voting advocacy that I've been doing and that we've been supporting the Rev Up network in doing. And then it also has changed all pretty much all of our strategies for how we do our own voting outreach and education before the pandemic. You know, we would do in-person events, in-person voter registration drives. And then due to the pandemic, we really had to pivot our voter outreach work, both the work that we did at the national level and the work that we encouraged and supported our grassroots organizers and partner organizations to do. And so a lot of 2020 and 2021 has been adapting to this new digital environment and confronting a lot of the access barriers in the digital world 
as it relates to the voting process, such as getting access to voting information, being able to register online in a, on an accessible platform, and even being able to vote remotely in a way that's accessible to people with disabilities. Yeah, I think its influence is just so clearly permeated so much of the work that we do. And it sounds like within the arena of voting rights, that is no different. So I'm curious to ask you also a little bit about some of the skills that you think are important for people to have if they want to work in an advocacy field like this one that you're doing. When I think about the skills that are most important for people doing advocacy work, I think the first one that comes to mind, honestly, is being able to take a rest from work and to be able to find some balance in in life outside of work. It can be a really big challenge when it can feel like the world is on fire all the time and there are always fires to put out. But something that I think about a lot is that none of us are doing this work alone, hopefully. <laughs> and so... I think that allowing ourselves to rest is important because we're in this for the long term and it is way too easy to burn out and to push ourselves beyond what we can do in a way that negatively impacts our health, our minds, everything. And then I think that having a collaborative nature is really useful. Again, none of us hopefully none of us are doing this work alone. And so being able to work with others and find the people that either align with your values, align with your goals, and maybe are doing the work that you're doing already, or maybe not yet, but could be a valuable partner to do this work together with. And then I would just say finding ways to prioritize. If we all did all the things on our to-do list, Every day, we would probably be working 15 hours a day to do that. But, you know, that's not the sustainable or healthy way to go about things. And so finding ways to to really have a strategy for what you want to accomplish and what your team wants to accomplish, and then being able to prioritize what you all think will be most important. And I think, you know, that it's challenging overall talking about accessibility and advocacy because it can just the the culture of advocacy and campaigns can be undisability friendly if that makes sense Um, just in the kind of high demand on time and limited availability of rest but I just think that it's like one of the most important things to keep us going and and make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. That's great advice. I I absolutely agree. I think you just brought up so many good points there. And so to ask a final question here, can you share a little bit about what's next for you? Yes. Um, So (laughs) with everything planned for this year, it's a little bit difficult to think beyond 2022. But I do know that I want to stay in this disability rights, disability justice space. The pandemic and everything else that's been going on has really opened me up to concepts of disability justice and the anti-work movement and and so many perspectives that I think have been viewed as radical in the past. But I just think that myself and many of us are waking up to what's been true for so many people, which is that the status quo isn't working for us. 
It's benefiting the wealthy, the able-bodied, the white Americans. And just this concept of, of a rising tide is an ebbing one for, for others of us. And so wherever I go in my career, this kind of this time at APD and the concepts and, and perspectives that I've been able to learn about and begin to share will always shape what I hope to do with my career. Wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here with us. This has been Miriam Miller with another episode of All in a Day's Work. Very special thank you to our guest Lillian today, and thank you for listening. Hi there, listeners. Before we wrap up this episode, we wanted to take a quick minute to recognize our incredible producer, Miriam Miller. A few years ago, a few colleagues were tossing around the idea of creating a podcast for the Wasserman Center, but we made pretty little progress until Miriam stepped in to guide our team. Under her leadership, we've published 34 episodes, including this one, and we have many others in the works that she's been involved with behind the scenes. On behalf of our entire podcast team, we wanted to say a huge thank you to Miriam for her vision, her organization, and her creativity in bringing All in a Day's work to life. Miriam, we will truly miss having you at NYU, but we know you will continue to do incredible things in the future. If you want to learn more about the services that are offered at the Wasserman Center, you can log on to our career portal, Handshake, through your NYU homepage. Today's episode was hosted by Miriam Miller with episode guest Lillian Allure. We're produced by Miriam Miller and Ben Barzilai, edited by Ben Barzilai, and created with support from Nia Beresford, Danielle Crystal, Harry Garofalo, Joseph Mercadante, Carrie Contianis, and Sarah Rosenthal. That's all in a day's work. Thanks for listening.